Well, how are we doing this morning? Doing well? Would you join me um, as we look at God's Word, starting this, this new series here, Abide, and uh, just looking at rhythms of, of rest, and how do we uh, you know, start off the new year well? Everybody's making New Year's resolutions, and maybe you're way down and you're like, Pastor, I stopped making New Year's resolutions a long time ago because I made the same three for about 20 years and uh, it never improved, right? And uh, maybe that was just me. But, um, you know, what, what is kind of the most important thing we can do for the new year? And really, I'm going to tell you this, if you guys are ready for it. You ready? You have to lean in real close. You know, that's right. Yeah, just, just lean in. Breathe on the back of your neighbor's neck. And uh, just uh, they, they really enjoy that. And um, make sure you put a mint in after you do that. And, uh, no, but listen, listen, seriously, because there are all kinds of things that we're trying to do or thinking about in a new year. And we've got we've got lists and we've got health things, we've got financial things and family things and all this sort of stuff. And and uh, and and here, here's here's the secret. You guys ready? Now, don't kick me out after I say this. OK, still still let me be the pastor. All right. You ready for it? Stop trying to be like Jesus. That's your New Year's. That's 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 for you for New Year's. I, I see the red eyes on a few. You're like, some of you're like, what? Are we in church? Is this the same pastor? Stop trying to be like Jesus. Stop striving. Stop all that stuff and start. You ready for it? Start just being with Jesus. Okay? And start trying to be with Him because the more you are with Him, the more you'll become like him. When I was a little kid, I used to love to watch basketball, and I wanted to be like Mike, right? Right? And, um, and so, you know, I would, I would uh, pull the ball back. I'd kick my feet to the side. I'd stick my tongue out, you know, the right leg, and I, and I would dunk on the little Nerf hoop in my hallway. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd practice those moves and practice my little fadeaway jump shot and all those sorts of things. And I wanted to be like Mike, but I could never quite be like him, you know, because I got on a 10-foot goal. I couldn't do all those same moves I could do in my hallway on my little, uh, you know, Nerf hoop there. And I, and I wanted so much to be like Mike, but I couldn't, I couldn't pull it off. And, uh, and so then I thought, well, if I can't be like Mike, um, then I'll, I'll go to, I'll, I'm going to be like Magic Johnson. And so you know about Magic Johnson. Uh, he was a phenomenal basketball player and, uh, and had a great smile and has been miraculously cured from HIV. Um, I don't know how that works, but, um, but but I wanted to be like him. He could pass. He could do all this stuff. He was a great team player, and I would try to do the around the back and between the legs and all those sorts of passes and, you know, no look and all that sort of stuff, but inevitably I would not look, and then I would pass it to a teammate who wasn't there because I wasn't looking, and, uh, and I was trying to be like Magic, and I couldn't pull off being like Magic, and so uh, as I played basketball, then I decided, you know what, I'll get a new person I can be like. And um, and then you know you know think okay Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson you know who else would be around during those good old days the the great days of the NBA, uh, so then I went to this lovely player just a great role model excellent role model for kids and people in general Dennis Rodman. All right, if you know anything about Dennis Rodman, I just tried to be like Dennis. Dennis Rodman you know before tattoos were. Uh, now everywhere, Dennis Rodman was the one guy with sleeves and, and tattoos. Everybody, he was like the 
the, the, the red-headed stepchild of the NBA, and, and indeed his hair would be multiple different colors any day of the week. His fingernails would often be painted. So I painted my fingernails. I begged my mom to let me get multiple tattoos. And uh, luckily my mom um, did not let me get all those tattoos when I was younger because I probably would have a lot of things that uh, I regret right about now uh, on my body. And, um, and so, but I tried to be like Dennis. And, uh, you know, I would get in fights. I would foul people hard. I would rebound and, and all this sort of stuff. But even, even as best I could, I still couldn't be like Dennis. And uh, because it wasn't in me, right? It's not who I am on the inside. And in our endeavors to navigate this life, we're called to abide. That means to live within, to have dwelling inside of us, Christ. And as he, because he's the one who made you, he made me. He knows you best. And, And the more time we spend with him is the more we figure out who we are. And then we have power, right? We have the power of Christ dwelling in us to deal with the stuff, right? Even there are things in my life that, that I know I can and should do, right? But I don't want to do them. You ever, I know I should be kind to my kids and speak appropriate ways to my wife and um, be patient with the people who are on the highway in the wrong lane, the left-hand lane, and they're not driving fast enough for that lane. And I know I should be patient with those people. But I'm not, right? And because I'm not appropriating Christ's power within me, there are all these things I know I should be doing, but I end up getting frustrated and yelling, all sorts of things, and uh, because it's the power of Christ in me, and the more time I spend with him, the more he grows inside of me to make me into his image in the way that I can uniquely bear the image of Jesus Christ. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about this as we look at Mary and Martha this morning, and maybe you're familiar with this passage, maybe you're not as we talk about these ladies here, but they can sort of get a bad rap sometimes, right? Or, or at least um, uh, Martha can. And uh, they were a family, as we know, of, of three, uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. We see them in a number of different times in the scriptures. And, uh, and so I want you to look with me back at, at Luke chapter 10, and we're going to just kind of navigate this as we look at uh, abiding this year. And, and the title of today's message is Devoted or Distracted. Which which one are you? Devoted or distracted? Right? And so let's let's just kind of track our way back through the text here. And um, verse 38 is where we're going to start of the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. It says this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Reach over, touch your neighbor, and say it was her house. It was her house, okay? See, sometimes uh, preachers, when they'll preach the sermon, they'll turn this into a like personality thing, and, and Martha was type A personality, and, and Mary was a different type of personality, and she was sitting at Jesus, and she was better, and, the, and they'll make it into like a personality fight, but I don't think that's really what's going on here. I mean, it could be, and, and let's just be honest. It was Martha's house. Somebody got to pay the bills, right? Somebody got to work to accomplish some stuff. So before we start harping on Martha for working too hard here, we got to recognize it was her house, right? It doesn't say it was Mary's house, right? So so before we start harping on, this is not a personality thing. Whatever your personality is, you can spend time 
in the presence of God and you can abide in him and get strength from him and, and, and him be your shelter, whatever your personality is, whatever your uh, you know, style is. You've got all these different types of, of people and ways we learn and ways we do things, right? And, um, and so it was her house. And uh, so she was a woman who got some stuff done. And there's nothing wrong with that, to have a type A personality. Uh, but she was distracted. And look at the next verse, the verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary. And look what Mary does, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, that's an important uh, note there. And we talked a lot about this, honestly, during the Mothers of Jesus um, uh, series that we had last month uh, of just of the way that Jesus elevates women. This may not seem unusual to you, but when the Bible says sitting at someone's feet, that's a position for a disciple. The disciples would sit at the feet of Jesus. She's sitting in the position of a disciple. Well, that's not something they did back in those days. Women could not learn. They were forbidden from learning or that sort of stuff. They had a place where they were supposed to be, but we see Jesus saying, no, I never told you guys that. You're not doing things my way. I didn't tell you that was a place for women. So women have a, an important and vital piece in the mission of God in being disciples and doing what God has called them to do. Men and women have a unique role we each have to play. And so that's just an important footnote. But notice that she is here, right, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching. She's abiding, if you will, sitting at his feet. She's learning from the master. And this is really... For us, she's devoted. She's focused there. Look at verse 40. And verse 40 says this, But Martha, but Martha was distracted. Reach over and touch your neighbor and say, look at that over there. And now say, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. What's wrong with you? Right? We can get distracted about so many things. Right? But Martha was distracted with what? With much serving. And then she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Don't you love the Bible? Doesn't this happen in your house all the time if you've had kids or, or have kids? Mom, Dad, tell them to play with me. They've got my toys. Tell them to do their dishes. Mom, Liam went outside. Dad, Mary Beth's not wearing shoes. Right, invoking the authority to try to get what we ultimately want, right? And that's what she's doing here. And so she's invoking Jesus' authority here. But notice again that she is distracted by much serving. I want you to think about this for a second. We often get distracted, not with bad things, right? It doesn't say Martha was in the other room taking shots of Patron, right? Just like, you know, shots of tequila, whatever. Okay, it doesn't say that. Doesn't say she was in the other room, like, you know, getting high, like, you know, lighting something. Doesn't say that she was, you know, abusing something. Doesn't say that she was gossiping. It, she wasn't doing something bad. But how many of you know that good is the enemy of best? She missed what was most important. She's distracted by much serving. And so the question I really have for us today, right? What is distracting you? What is distracting you from Jesus? That's the question I want all of us to think about. In fact, I, I want you to, to write down the answer to that. I want you to think through that. Think about your life. What is, what is keeping you from abiding, from spending time with God? 
what is it? What is that thing that is distracting you? Or maybe it's many things, right? I mean, if you're like me, you've got a phone, and there's enough distractions on this thing, you know, for every 10 seconds to be distracted by another, like, bing, another notification, bing. You know, I've just gotten to the day and time now where I have, like, two notifications on my phone. Like, I don't want, besides, it was a call or a text. I'm just like, it's driving me nuts, right? Because every couple of seconds, I'm distracted by something. And uh, what is keeping you awake? And again, it may be some very good things. Is it family? Is it uh, other things? What is keeping you? The word here, distracted in Greek, literally means this, to be pulled away. To be pull, it's, it's from two Greek words, to be drawn or to be pulled away from. So they were meant to have a relationship with God. We're meant to talk with Him, to fellowship Him. Okay, in the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam and Eve, it says that they had intimate fellowship with Him. That's what we're made for. That's the most satisfying thing on the earth. And when we don't have that, we're left with this huge hole in our hearts. What is distracting you? Think about that and write that down. Uh, during the summer times, my parents have a little property uh, on the river in, in North Carolina, about an hour away from here, Hertford, North Carolina, and my sister and some of my other family members, they got these paddle boards. You ever seen them? Like humongous surfboards. And uh, I mean, they're huge. They're like eight to ten feet. And you, you have to stand on them and paddle, right? But you got to be good at balancing because they're really tough to kind of, you know, you get up there and you kind of like, you know, and it's always fun to watch the kids try to do it and then they fall off and that thing goes, you know, and you go crashing in the water. But somebody with some forethought and some intention put a leash on those things, right? Kind of like a surfboard, right? You know, you know what I mean by a leash? Yes? Okay, good. Everybody's like, a leash? What is that? Can you spell that? And, um. And, and so there's a leash with some Velcro on it, right? And that's what keeps it to your foot or to your arm. So when it goes away down there, you don't have to swim and get it. You know, you can just kind of pull it back to you. And um, and so that that leash is is there with Velcro. You know, but when you use that thing for a while and out there in the river and there's there's all kinds of stuff, all of a sudden the Velcro doesn't start to work anymore. You know what I mean? And the leash is just kind of like a suggestion. And um, and and because there's leaf particles, there's dirt, there's like seaweed, there's all kinds of I mean, it's, and the and the leash is just kind of a joke. And it's so easy to get pulled away because all this other stuff is in between what's supposed to be stuck together. What is it in your life that is in the way of you connecting with God on a regular, daily basis? Of you abiding with Him, just spending time with Him? What is it that is in your way? Maybe another illustration will, will help you guys. Um, my kids love these. I brought these today. And my son was like, Dad, what are you doing with my toys? And um, we got some walkie-talkies and uh, talkie-walkies. And, uh, in fact, there's a big one. There's like a backpack version. And it's got a big antenna on it. And, and uh, we thought, you know, because we had some, like, junk ones. And then we thought, we're going to buy some good ones for our kids because our kids really like to use them. And then, like, they could be at the park and they'd be like, hey, Mom and Dad, I'm at the park. And we'd be like, okay, everything's cool. And then I thought, you know, um, I, I could be at work. I, I live close to the church now. We move closer. I'm, I'm about three miles away. This thing's got a range of like 20-something miles, right? Like, I could talk to you, you know? And of course, you just go around the block and you're like, hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? No. Why not? Well, then you look at the instructions, right? You look at the fine details of what they try to sell you. And so they say, yeah, like out in a in a, in a an area where there is nothing out in the desert, 
There's no obstructions. Yeah, this thing will work 20-something miles. And then you go to like a, a, a lake or something else, you know, work about eight miles. And then in the urban area, right, where there are houses and walls and trees and cars and buildings, 1.8 miles. Yeah, right. More like less than half a mile. I can't go around the block and use this thing. You know, and it's like, man, what, why is that? Because there's all this noise. There's all these things getting in the way of the connection houses and busyness. And so I ask you, and again, if you hadn't wrote it down, just take some time to think, what is it that's keeping you? What is distracting you from the presence of God, from abiding, from spending time with Him today and every day? What is it? Look with me at verses 41 and and 42. Notice what the result was of Martha's distraction. And what his answer to her was, he said this, verse 41. Because remember, she was like, you know, tell her to help me. Verse 41, but the Lord answered and said, Martha, Martha. We see a a name repeated two or three times. It's a a, listen to me, listen to me. It's a term of endearment. Martha, I love you. It's not judgment. Martha, Martha, I love you. Notice what she is. She is anxious and what? Troubled. She is anxious and troubled by what? Many things. Man, how true is that? I mean, if that was true in the first century, how true is that for us now? We are anxious and troubled about many things, about our children, about our grandchildren, about our health, about our finances, about the, the drama at, at work or the drama within our family and, and these things that, that come up. And we are anxious and worried, anxious and troubled about many things. And now perhaps there's even more things with the the plethora of technology, right? I mean, now we're, we're anxious and troubled about the news in a different state and a different part of the world. And praise God, we can hear about that and learn about that. But man, that just makes our anxiety all the more, right? It's like, oh man, more wildfires, another shooting, another this. And it's like, oh, my anxiety just jumped up even more. You are anxious and troubled about many things. But then notice what he says to her. But what? One thing. How many things? One thing is necessary. One thing is necessary for your New Year's, right? I know you've got a list. I know the things you want to improve on. But one thing is necessary for you to have a successful year. Stop trying. Stop striving. Stop being anxious and troubled and start being with God. Anxious and troubled about many things. It's the most important thing you can do. One thing is necessary. And notice what he says. Mary has chosen the good portion. She's chosen what's best and it will not be taken away from her. Spending time with God. What does that look like in your life and in my life? Uh, It's attributed to the old German reformer Martin Luther. Right? He said this. He said, I have so much to do today. I have so much to do today that I must spend the first three hours in prayer. Wow. Right? I have so much to do today that I must. See, we kind of have this idea wrong. Like, man, You don't know, Pastor, the things I've got to get done. So let's just take me out of the equation, right? Old preacher boy, gone. You just have a conversation with God and and say that to him. Say to him, God, you don't know what I have to get done today. And he's going to say, Daniel, Daniel, right? Martha, Martha, before the foundations of the world were formed, I saw all of your life, every moment, past, 
present, future. I navigated every detail. I handcrafted a plan for you that handles every detail. If not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from your father's will, according to what the Bible says, and the hairs on your head are numbered, I have a plan handcrafted for you, and I know all about what you got to do today. And here's the deal. I want to prepare you for it before it happens. So spend some time with me. Let me give you some strength for today. Just sit in solitude and silence and get my word in you and just, just, just be with me. Just be with me. You don't have to be anxious and troubled about many things. Man, I struggle with this, right? Um, uh, and it was crazy because just in two days, right, you could, you could see how I hit this like a boomer. I've been, you know, reading this passage all week, studying it, preparing my heart, like, Man, don't be distracted. Be devoted. Sit with Jesus. And so Friday, I knew I had a slam-packed day Friday. We had a, a funeral. Uh, there was a number of other things. It's kind of my final day to do some sermon prep and some other things for the weekend. I just had a ton to do today, uh, Friday. And, uh, and man, I, God got me up early. I was like, you know what? I'm spending some extra time with him and, and had some time to, to just soak uh, in God's word and sit and, and pray over a number of things. And just, man, it was just a beautiful morning. And then the rest of my day was like, Pew! You know, and then other things popped up that I couldn't have expected and other conversations and other people needing things. I mean, and literally it was it was just man, it was it was run. I was calling people like in the hallway, like I had the number of phone calls to return because people have major health crisis and 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 other things and family members pass away. And like I'm, I'm calling people in my car, like on an appointment to go see somebody else. And it's like, man, you know, and I get home and then there's another phone call. And this is like, whoo. And then I got to the end of the day and now I've got my second job. Um, it's called being a husband and uh, and a dad to five kids, and I was ready for those guys, right? You know, of course, they want, you know, like, ah, they want, they got a billion things to tell you from their day, and my wife's got a billion things to tell me from her day, and like, but I got to that, and, and I had, I had energy left over. I had strength to navigate it, and I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to bed right now. Like, I didn't just, like, face plant in the middle of the grass, like, this day is just over, and just go, and just lay there, right? And it's like, if nobody picks me up, that'd be fine with me. Like, that didn't happen. I had energy to give, and I was tired. I was wiped out, but man, I had energy to give, and um, and so, man, and God was like, see, see what, see what recharging your batteries does. See what just spending some time with me does for you. Like, don't forget that. And then the next day, the next day, right? I had stayed up a little bit too late on Friday, you know, trying to get some other stuff done and, and talking to my wife, and we were watching the show, and I stayed up a little too late. And then Saturday comes, I'm like, you know what? I wanted to go to the gym. Wanted to do the stuff, wanted to get up early. I was going to do some other things. Then I was like, ah, I missed my window for that. And I know I should just spend some time with the Lord and getting his word and just spend some time praying. And I was like, yeah, but man, I really, Saturday's kind of like a big breakfast day. I want to make a big breakfast, a big, hearty, healthy breakfast for all my kids. And they're starting to get up and move now. And I want to do all this sort of stuff, right? And so, you know, I I had all these choices, right? I'm like, all right, let let me start making breakfast. And then there was some laundry that was left there. I was like, let me start on that. And I just got rolling on the day, right? And then by 11 o'clock, I was ready to kill somebody. I was ready to kill somebody, right? And I just, I was yelling at my kids because they weren't moving fast enough, cleaning up their stuff. And, and, uh, and it was just crazy, right? And I just went in my room and I just sat on the bed and I got out the Bible and I was just laying there. I put my head down. My wife comes in. She's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Are you having a heart attack? Like, what is going, like, you rarely ever come in and just lay down like this. Like, this is not you. You know, but and, and just two days, you can see the polar opposites, how quickly I forgot and how easily I got distracted. And and the consequence what was just huge. I opened up God's word, and man, 
a verse I just needed to hear. Just, just needed to be reminded of perspective. I needed God's strength to give me patience with my kids and to say, look, your plans aren't happening, and it's okay. And, um, and, man, it was just a beautiful thing. And so let me encourage you. What is distracting you? And then how will you spend some time with the Father? It's the most important thing you can do. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. says this. He answered as they were, uh, actually he was being tempted by the devil to, to eat something and, uh, and turn stones into bread. And Jesus replied to the devil. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from where? From the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's, that's the Bible, folks. We need His Word. It's, it's our lifeline. It's the basic instructions before leaving earth. It, it, is, it is living and active, not just a dead book, but God speaks to us through that. Then in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus told um, the people there, He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Like, I am your source. Seek me out. This is the most important thing you can do. And so I just want to be really practical with you guys and just talk about some very simple ways you can do this because you really need two things. You can, you can write these down. Um, they won't be on the screen. You need a plan, and then you just need to persevere. You need a plan, like, what, what am I going to do to spend time with God? I'm going to plan that out. I'm going to pick the time. I'm going to pick the place. I'm going to pick what I'm going to use. I'm going to get my Bible out, right? Just simple stuff. I remember uh, I worked with a gentleman in the school system over in Shelby, North Carolina. He was like our custodian, our serial, our, our, our serial guard, our security guard. I mean, you need to guard serial uh, sometimes. And, um, but he was, just, he was just a massive guy. Like his hand was just, like he just palmed your head with a... Uh, with his hand. I mean, he was just a massive guy. And he used to sit in the auditorium, a big old old school auditorium. And all the kids have been there waiting for the bus. We didn't have enough buses. And, uh, and there were some rowdy kids in there. And he would just sit, right, and not move. And when it got too loud, he would just knock. His hand was so loud, he'd just knock on the table. Quiet. And everybody's like, because if he gets up, it's on, you know. And uh, But I remember him talking about, he's like, when you get older, son, you got to make yourself some habits. You know, you got to put your keys in the same place every day because you start to forget stuff, right? And we just start talking about some really basic things to do, right? This is what I mean by a plan, right? Set your Bible out where you know you're going to sit. Set it right next to your coffee. You know, make that plan ahead of time, right? Figure out what you're going to read. Do that. If, if you got, if you want to use the, the YouVersion Bible, there's a billion plans on there. You can set reminders. Praise God for all the technology there is. You can do all kinds of things, right? And, uh, and so make a plan, and then just persevere. You're going to miss some time. Stuff is going to happen. You're not the worst person in the world because you didn't read the Bible for one day, two days, three days, five days, seven days, a whole month, right? Just get back. Just persevere. In fact, the Bible app even now has streaks. For those of you who like like little badges, right, you can be like, hey, my streak. Not like you know the wrong kind of streaking, um, but like how many days in a row, like I read the Bible. Like it's, it's got that on there. You can do that. Pick a plan. And so let me just give you some practical things. Here and um, and in the back, as you exit today, there are a number of things and and kind of the main thing. You don't have to write all this down. All that I'm telling you right now is on this little white sheet. It says "Abide Rhythms of Rest," and it's just got some ideas for what to do. They're all on those back tables and on a table out here as well. And just some practical things. Let me let me give you to them in in very easy, simplest way. This little book here is amazing, right? Some of you already have it. You already do it. You're like, good, I got it. Okay, our daily bread. Simple, right? It's just that's that's how big it is, right? And, and if you're a technology person, you can go to their website, you can bookmark it, you can get it emailed. It'll read it to you, right? Right? It'll read it to you. 
right? And you, and you can just hear that, and you can get God's Word. It also has an opportunity, if you wanted to read more, spend some more time with the Lord, it's got a, a Bible reading plan for a year there. You can do that. It just says right here, Bible of a year. Read this. Today's reading. Uh, uh, what is today? January 6th? Some of you may already did it, right? Um, John 17, 1 through 5, and then 20 through 24. This is a short reading. It gives you a little something. Man, daily bread, awesome. They're, they're back there. They're all around the church. Get that. Use that. Yep. If you're just starting, you're just trying to spend some time with God, this is an excellent resource. Use that, and it's online as well and uh, all that sort of stuff. You can memorize one verse a month. Uh, we do this as a family. We, we, we just went through and made our verses for the year, and at dinner we just talk about one verse. We work on memorizing, and I pay my kids at the end of the year. If they can memorize all of it, they'll get some money. And so, and, and then it gives us something to talk about as a family as we're gathered around the table you know, at, at dinner time. And uh, if you're interested in that, just uh, let me know. We'll probably put some of those out there. You can get a Bible reading plan. Again, there's a billion of them. Uh, we put one out here for you. Uh, this is the yellow sheet. Remember I showed you the blue sheet earlier? This is a yellow sheet back there, and uh, you can grab that. Uh, you can get a Bible in a year. I mean, there's a million things. I, I brought one of these just to show you what it looks like. This, this is mine. I, it's been a Bible in like five years, um, and, uh, and so I just go a little bit slower, but it's kind of broken off here. Like January 6th, it just breaks it off into different sections, and so you could, you could do that. Um, you can pick these up anywhere, the, the, the Lifeway Christian Bookstore. You can get them on Amazon. You could do whatever. But it's, it's a great opportunity, a great way for you to soak in God's Word, right? You could, again, use the Bible app and, um, and, um, and, and read it on your Kindle, on your iPad, on your phone. You could do it anywhere. Um, and, and so that's how you could read God's Word. Some of you are like, Pastor, I don't read so well. My eyes don't work as good as they used to. I've never been a good reader, right? All that sort of stuff happens, right? I get that. So there are some ways you can hear God's Word, right? Again, if you go to the YouVersion Bible app, you go to BibleGateway.com, and all this information is on that sheet as you exit. Man, you can just click play and, and, and uh, all that sort of stuff. It's so easy, right? In our technology society today, it's so easy to do this. Really, all the excuses are kind of out of the way. The real question is, do I have a desire? Right? Do I have a desire to really spend time with God? Do I realize this is the most important moments of my day, that I need to be filled up with Him because i got a whole lot of stuff to do. i got so much to do today, i got to spend three hours. I'm not trying to put any legalism over you and like, tell you to spend three hours, okay? Just look, a few minutes a day and be successful at that. That's why the Daily Bread is a great. If you can start being successful in that and do that on a regular basis every day, then you'll see how God changes your life in a major way. I brought this little thing in here with me because uh, for those of you, you if, 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 and this is not the case for any of you in here, but if you were a quadriplegic and you were paralyzed and you couldn't even get up, how could I read and how could I pray, right? You, you could just use your voice, right? So I, I, I was talking with uh, Brother Charles Bate, right? He got an Alexa. We were talking about Alexa. And I have an Alexa, but I also have one of these little Google Home deal, right? You can ask this thing to read you the Bible. You don't even have to get up out of your bed, right? You guys want to see me do it? Right here we go. All right, now I got to remember how it works. Okay, Google, tell you version to read John chapter three. John chapter three. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Okay, Google, I'm done. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. That's that's beautiful. Right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. I mean, it's so it's so easy. You don't even have to get out of bed, and you can hear God's word. You could you could go online. There's a billion things you could use and you could do, 
right? And I mean, there's just there's just a ton of them. There's there's YouTube. There's great preachers. Just spend some time in quietness and in prayer. Um, uh, there's something called the SOAP method of reading the Bible. It just stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And that's on this little sheet back there. And uh, you want to grab that on your way out today. Grab one of these resources and and spend some time with God. Spend some time with the Lord. Um, I mean, it's just amazing the things that, that we have the opportunity for. So again, the excuses are gone. The excuses are really, is my heart wanting to spend time with the Father? And so we're going to prepare for our time of response. And today uh, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper with the bread and the juice. And, uh, and as we prepare our hearts for that, let me, let me just remind you of, um, of what this is about. Actually, one more thing. For those of you who are like super old school, you like, Pastor, I don't know how to work an Alexa. I don't want no robots in my house. And um, if you just want some CDs, this is the entire Bible. Somebody gave me this on CD. Yeah, this is free. You can just take this. You'll see me after the service. And it's all these CDs. You pop it in your CD player there and, uh, and go to town. This one's got like, I don't know, all kinds of famous people who read it. And it's all action. It's called the Experience Bible. I don't know, like Denzel Washington, a bunch of other people or something like that. It's, it's got some cool narration up there, you know. And uh, I just want to hear Denzel's voice reading the Bible to me, man. I just, that would be awesome. And so, um, but as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, um, we're, we're reminded of what Jesus said, that verse I read to you before in John chapter 6, right, where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And as believers, why do we gather to take the Lord's Supper regularly here on the, on the first of the month for us here at Plaza? It's, it's because we're reminded, right, that he was the bread of life, that he was broken for us, that that when we come to him, we are not hungry, we are not thirsting anymore because he has been broken for us. He is our satisfaction and our joy. And, and so that's what we're reminding ourselves of, that he was broken for us so we could be back in a relationship with him. Because, listen, because of our sin, we were separated from God. But because Jesus died on the cross, his body was broken, he shed his blood, he did that so that we could be brought back into a relationship, so that we could spend time with him. So we could be in his presence, so we could abide in him. Because our sins, we don't deserve to be in the holy presence of God. But he's brought us near. And so as we gather, this is the symbolic reminder. There's, there's, there's nothing magical happening here, but we take this as Christians, as believers, to remind ourselves, man, Jesus has made a way for us to be reconnected with him. Praise God for that. And so as we prepare for uh, the Lord's Supper, if you're here and you're, and you're new, you're from a, a different church background, and you're, you're a believer, we'd welcome you to... To, to receive the Lord's Supper with us if you're a professing Christian. If you're here, you're not a Christian yet. Man, we want to ask you to wait because we want to give you the true bread of life, right? This is the reminder, right? This is the symbolic reminder for the believers who have already done that. If you're not a believer, we want to give you the actual bread of life. We want to be able to talk to you about how you can become a Christian, a follower of Christ, and, and then you can have that relationship. And tell me, let me tell you this, that'll be far better. Having, having the true bread of life is far better than the little crackers and juice you're going to get today, amen? And so we're going to take a few moments now to pray. And then um, after we pray, we'll uh, serve the Lord's Supper. Father, we thank you for your goodness.